If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Courtney. We're going to be getting Courtney a microphone for Christmas. Yes. Santa. Everyone's gift. It's a gift for the world. (laughs) We gift you Courtney. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) Um. I don't have anything to say. You know, I d- <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening to The Strange South. <laughs> um, no, I don't have anything based off of last week's. I do have um, something I'm going to talk about before my story. Mm. So I guess that's actually technically part of my story, so never mind. So you'll save it for when so, your story comes. Right. And, you know, we've been getting a couple of uh, people... Uh, contacting us about episode 15 oh yes episode 15 has a ghost in the machine Mm -hmm. and i cannot i cannot fix it because it's it would it sped up it was was a digital recording amazing one too right so disappointing that it turned but and i really don't think like i can go in there and mess with it but i don't know if I would be able to fix it where it didn't sound just as weird. I think we decided that you couldn't because it was the recording yeah, itself. It, it the, was it right. was the input that went in did right. that immediately. So I mean, there's I mean, not a raw recording off of it. Right. There's no yeah, that, that was the raw recording that the ones that messed up. Um but I don't know. I maybe you know, if I have a chance to go in there and listen to it and maybe you can re record it. it. Maybe we could. That'd be more fun than sitting through with audacity oh for seven hours, right? Yes. We yeah. can, you can just tell us the story again. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's been a while. It We've all, I mean, I don't remember it anymore. So it'd be like telling it new. I'd be like, oh, listen to what I just found out. Wasn't it like the Cassius Clay one? Is yeah, that the one? Kick your ass. Kick your ass, Cassius. Cassius. Mm-hmm. It's a really good story. You know what? You know what? Here's the positive. Here's a silver lining on this. That the number, was that not the one? I thought that was the I, one. I think it. Yeah, and I thought it was the one where I thought it was the one that, that the bar that was haunted. Come for the ghost exorcism. Oh, that no, was no, that was uh, that was uh, that was a Kentucky one. That was uh, Bobby Mackey's. But um, no, I think for me the silver lining on some of this was the whole like the number of people, the number of you very sweet, lovely people who not only told us like that this had happened, but would go through and, and like put down the markings marks. of how many seconds it happened at which time. Yes. Stamp. Yes. So I was like, you guys are so sweet. Yeah. Y'all are the best. <clears throat> Absolutely. And they're really just, no, we just want you to fucking fix the show. Yeah. But. They're like, yeah, we're not sweet. We just <laughs> like, fix it. Um, yeah. Totally get it. And like in the past, and I don't know what the fuck, I, I'll tell you what the fuck's happened. It's tis this. It's Christmas time. It's Thanksgiving time. It's busy time of the year. It's end of the semester grading, and my mind is fifteen million different places. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to put half the intro in like the past three. <laughs> in, and I'm like, I didn't even because I don't go back and listen to them. I'm just like. I hope it it's okay, <laughs> and then I put it up there, cross my fingers. Hopefully, if it's a disaster, somebody will tell me. Um, the funny thing is, I have listened to them, and I didn't make the connection. <laughs> and then Courtney just yesterday was like, "So I just realized that the intro part wasn't in there." And then she went back, and she's like, "And it wasn't in the last one or the last one." Uh, and no. I was like, "Really? Like four, <laughs> four? Yeah." So I went back and put it to the latest one with the plastic surgery. Um, and then I just got like four more to go back and just re output. You know what she figured out? Hmm. You took it out for the goat house because we read it and it You're just so smart. didn't get re put. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That is exactly what happened. I don't know how you did things, but I figured out. Yeah. 
Get out of my head, Courtney. You know me too well. I'm a process too well. Yeah, because, I mean, that's basically what I do is I use the previous week's episode mm-hmm. for, like, all the things. So I don't have to, like, re-import them and then just plop our new audio in it and say what else is new. Because that's the only way that you can add a new thing to the list of things you have to do <laughs> is to make it as easy on yourself exactly. as possible week to week. Just like I was talking about the little side table that really comes over, <laughs> like, where my chin is so that... I don't have to worry about like spilling my drink between the time I pick it up and the time I put it in my mouth. Yes. This is a, it's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. And we're drinking right now. Mm-hmm. Courtney's Thanksgiving themed um, cranberry margaritas in a martini glass. Yes. Oh my God. They're so good. They're very good. It's what? Cranberry juice, fresh squeezed limes, tequila, and tequila. Triple sec. <laughs> Yes, it's good. It is so good. See, I do. Um, oh, I guess she's typing it up right now for all of you lovely people. That's right. To drink while you're with your relatives mm-hmm. and to Which, make it a much better time. You know what? That it has become my this my go to. I was just I've explained this to all these people all week. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Happy you celebrate Thanksgiving. Absolutely. We're two days later than that, I think, or right. something. Right. You know, and it's like Black Friday. We hope you live through it. Right. Or just stay home and make this drink. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. The way I do Thanksgiving every year is to me. Have I already said this on the show? Even I think I've recited the same speech to people it's like, six I don't, times this week. I don't week. remember. So okay, so Thanksgiving is more fun to me than Christmas. It is like my Christmas because like you associate Christmas morning with like the explosion of joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I associate Thanksgiving morning with the explosion of joy. The explosion, explosion, and um, and that is because since I was God, since we moved back to the states, so it would have been like 1989, I got used to going up to New York to the Adirondacks where my grandmother lived in this itty bitty wee house with like tin foil food coloring, like art and calendar papers on the walls. Okay. And we would stay there over Thanksgiving and cook with her and basically live on top of each other for <laughs> four days because right. there was just nowhere to go. And I would wander up the mountains and there was like an old um, bluebird school bus like parked halfway yes, up the mountain. I remember those. And um, we would just like explore through the woods and everything like that. And um, and every Thanksgiving morning, you know, because the curtains weren't very big and there were so many people in the house. So when people started getting up to cook, there's no way anybody was going to sleep. So we would turn on the Macy's Day Parade, which I know is not the Macy's Day Parade. But to me, it's always been the Macy's right? Day Parade. So the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I would watch from... It's called now. It's still the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade or Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But to me, it was always the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, okay. That's oh, what okay. I always called it. I called it Macy's Day. Like, happy Macy's Day. <laughs> and it's, no, it is still, yeah, until Macy's goes under, it's going to be the Macy's right. Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is probably not that far away. Um, but uh, so we would get up at like eight in the morning and turn on the TV. And I just get so excited about the stupid parade every year. And then we would do this whole big thing. And it was always snowing. And it didn't snow that much at home. And it was beautiful out there. And so that became like my Christmas morning. And mm-hmm. that's that was the thing that I loved the most about Thanksgiving. And I kind of just continue to import this to every other place that we've lived. So now my parents live very close to us and I've trained my children and I have a friend who enjoys the parade too. And so we all congregate at my parents' house because they have TV that I don't have. And like at eight in the morning, turn on the parade and it's like I make – this started a couple of years ago because I know that it's stressful for my mother to be – in charge of holiday stuff, even mm-hmm. though she knows that we don't care and she knows that we're forgiving, but you know, right. I got my anxiety from somewhere. <laughs> and, um, and so I was like, you know what would make this all better? Booze. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I started bringing breakfast over when I watched the Macy's day parade at my parents' house. And then two or three years ago, I started making breakfast cocktails, yes. midday cocktails, and however long we were going to be there. Drinking Thanksgiving. And I was like, the goal of all our holidays is to get a drink in mom's hand early yes. so that she can enjoy herself. Right. And we can all enjoy. And then we usually go out in the yard and we play bocce ball or volleyball or something in the afternoon and 
just like mess around. And to me, it's like, it's like the ideal family holiday minus all the freaking expectations Ugh. of gifts and right. everything else. It's being like, disappointed yes. or being up at like four o'clock in the morning because <clears throat> the kids got up early and they're so excited. I know. Santa. And then all of a sudden you get like the bank account notice that says you overdrafted oh, yesterday. And you can't do anything about and you it. Got like the two weeks. Yeah, you got like <laughs> And you got like two weeks before payday. And you're just exactly. Like, well, I'm just going to be bouncing that check. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Until the new year. Yes, no. So that's the that's the <laughs> holiday I love. Christmas. I know. I love Thanksgiving because it's, it's, it's all the good stuff about Christmas without the rest of it. Yes. Um, so anyways. I totally, I totally agree. But the problem is, is that my mom and I have kind of gone into this rebellious, we ain't cooking for anybody shit. I love that too. And <laughs> so we don't get like the good home cooking like my grandmother who passed away last year used to do. And it's been several years since she's been able to cook. So it's always kind of sad for us during Thanksgiving because we're just like, well, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. Buy, buy ham. Yeah. You know, so it used to be like this whole big production and now nobody wants to do it. So this year... I'm doing it, and... Bless you. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to, you know, be okay. I won't be drinking a lot, so I'm not going to be driving. I will be drinking. Because that's one of the things, too, since, you know, we started the podcast and I have all these new recipes that I've been trying because of bartender Courtney. Mm-hmm. Um, I take those recipes with me when I go to my parents. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Dad, let's go to the liquor store. <laughs> because it, there was one time you visited your folks and you were like, these brambles are the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> ever had. I don't know. I was drunk texting. And my dad, too, right? He, he thoroughly enjoyed them, which I didn't think he was going to like them as much. But he totally did. So well, you know what? I'll I'll let you guys in on whatever Thanksgiving cocktail recipes I land on for mine. I'll put them on the fan page too because I do. um, And I guess I'll I'll be putting them on before this show airs so that you can enjoy them on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. We'll put Courtney's up early too on the fan page, but we also will put it on our show notes like we always do. Um, And in case you don't check our show notes. You get the best drink recipes oh on them. Oh, my gosh. So you might want to hit it. Yeah. Also, we try and be really witty with our write-ups, and we work <laughs> kind of hard at it. So if you ever want to follow up or, like, say, hey, that was really funny. <laughs> right. Um, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and we do links. Like, all, you know, my stories, I'm, I, they come directly from the Internet, except for today's. Mm. Uh, but mostly from the internet and from stories from all these great article pieces that people have done. So if you want to like definitely know more about anything that we've talked about, cause we're really, for me, for the most part, I'm just skimming the surface of a lot of what I yeah. talk about. Um, the more in depth stuff you can like really rabbit hole down through our links. Um, and I just started working on our map again. Oh my gosh. We've only got 20 it something. So cool. We only got 20 something episodes. Um, so if you go to, the strange south.com slash map i am actually trying to map out the locations that we talk about for each story and like i said we've only got like the first 20 um up there because we have to find the latitude and longitude which is a huge pain in the ass for every story oh just, yeah i've been meaning to i can get on that too it's, it's just time consuming it's just data entry time consuming but i've gone through and i've started adding little icons that represent each story that and i think is so good <laughs> it's been really fun to do it's like i've had all this other shit that i need to do needed to grade need to go grocery shopping need to bathe i mean <laughs> whatever and i'm like i'm just gonna sit here and doodle and that's what I've been doing and then I've been going oh we need to make a sticker out of that oh we need to make a sticker out of that <laughs> like wouldn't it be cool if we had a sticker from each episode oh that would be, cool? be awesome so yeah things to think about that we're gonna do maybe Yay! possibly oh you know what I have one thing I can say too besides what we've said mm-hmm. um besides definitely go look at those little drawings that she's been doing because they're super cool um the uh I told her this week I told Patrice this week that um you know We've kind of both, I think, probably fallen off of letting our intermediary know what stories we're going to do. Yes. We've never crossed wires on stories. It's never happened. But just like probability-wise, it's kind of inevitable at some point that if we don't use our intermediary, we're going to end up doing the same one one day. Right. And I kind of like – I think I kind of would rather – see when it happens and have a backup plan so like if that ever happens 
then we'll end up sort of telling the story together. Okay. And then I want advice from you guys who listen to the show because I'm trying to think like, is there some stupid game we can play? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like a contest that you win or something. <laughs> like, if we you hit it on gratitude. the same day, like, we will do this. You right. know? So I'm, I'm trying to think is like, because originally my first thought was like, oh, well, we could spend the rest of time doing tarot readings or something like that. But that's too visual and you can't like, right. it would be really boring for you if we sat here and did each other's tarot on right. a podcast. You'd be like, ooh, look at that. Ooh. But I mean, <laughs> oh, we'd have to video we it. Have yeah. To video, but yeah. we, um, the, but I was trying to think of like, you know, verbal games that we could play or, you know, just stupid things that we can do that would yeah. be funny for you to listen to. So if you think of anything like that while we brainstorm, let us know and then right. we'll we'll say if we ever hit the same story we'll spend the rest of our show time doing blank right oh that that would be interesting <clears throat> i think it'd be fun it would be fun that's it that's all i got all right yeah for not having anything yeah. we did got pretty nothing good. to say got nothing to say <laughs> three hours later um i'm first today huh yeah so i like i actually prepped this is the third story i prepped for this week so Damn, Marlea. I've got you're such an overachiever. Too. I know you wonder why I have anxiety problems. Maybe this I was has like, maybe you to need to prep it. my stories because yeah. I just gave up prepping like about an hour ago. I was like, I'm just gonna wing it. Well, and what's funny is the one that I decided to do. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do these other two this week. I just want to do something really stupid. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, you know, because I feel like I did the cattle mutilations. It wasn't stupid, but it wasn't like it was. It was wasn't like social it, justice going to depress us all, right. you know, about the future theme it, it or anything. It was more kooky, kind of. Yes, it was kooky, but it was, you know, it was like, you know, I was just thinking, it's been a long time since I've done one that was just dumb. That's what you need to talk about. I found the video. Well, oh, yes. Video. Oh, okay. So before we go on, if you have not been to our fan page recently... And may, oh, you know what? I can go in and add this to the page. Do you want me to put this on the cattle cattle mutilations page or on the original Fife UFO page, or, or both, or, or both? Yeah. So um, you might remember that when we originally talked about Fife UFO stuff, it was Courtney's listener lore, um, the second one, right? The second listener lore we did. Mm -hmm. She talked about the UFO landings in Fife and all the talk around those and everything that happened. And one of the things that she talked about was that, like, one of them was the T-shirts that people made about Fife oh, UFOs. Yeah. Was there, like, a banana? There was a banana okay. on the T-shirt. I, I knew, like, I had a visual banana pop up in my brain. All and, of a yes, and then her friend posted those, found right. those for her. But um, she – do you want to say this instead of me? Do you want – Okay, no, you don't. You're eating chips right now, and you don't have a microphone. So um, she had one friend who the press came and interviewed all these people in Fife to talk about like what was going on with it and everything. And one of her friends, her dad, answered the door for the press, and they asked if he would talk about the UFOs. And he kind of thought it was all crock of shit, and decided to play around with the the press and ended up telling them that his dog usually tells him stuff, but his dog hasn't been talking. And um, and she was like, but it actually made it on the news. Uh, of course, and it so did. she messaged her friend and her friend finally found the videotape of the clip of her dad fucking with the press about the ufo yeah. five oh ufo God. stuff and it's really funny because of like then they show a picture of the dog i mean it's like it's really funny <laughs> the talking dog so she posted it on the fan page but well i'll go ahead and um put it um i'll put it on her actual listener lore page so you can go back and look at it but it's worth it it's, it's just like two seconds long it's a very short clip of just his section okay so anyway all right, so <laughs> I'm going to do something that, that I find super stupid and very straightforward. Okay. And I had never heard of it. And I originally saw it on this. Um, it's actually a really good ghost stories website, um, NorthCarolinaGhost.com. And it's, I thought it was going to be one of those, like you get savannaghost.com. It's like, right. it's just the kind of abridged version of the shitty story that you get on the ghost tour, right? Right. This isn't like that. It's more storyteller versions of stories. And a lot of them are in out of the way places that there would never be a ghost tour of. Right. And this is not a ghost story. Okay. So <clears throat> in Western North Carolina, there's a mountain range called the Balsams. Um, it's a sub range of the Blue Ridge, which is a sub range of the Appalachians and on the Balsams Range, there's a mountain called Eagle Nest. Um, it's in Haywood County, North Carolina. And this is in, like, the part of North Carolina that's, like, the little foot that sort of sticks out. So it's kind of, like, between Knoxville and 
Greensboro, maybe like just a little bit diagonal. Okay. So it's in like the western western side of of North Carolina. Okay. Um, so in Eagle's Nest, there used to be this hotel. It was only open for 18 years because it burned down in 1918. It opened in 1900, and it was 40 rooms. But I guess, like, in the early 1900s, you know, people were doing the whole, like, go into the woods and get your healing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're supposed to be, like, taking in the mountain air right. for your good health and everything. Um, so they kind of started pimping Eagle Nest. What's that? Spring water. Yeah, like spring water. And you're right. supposed to be, yeah, um, convalescing or whatever. So they started pimping Eagle Nest as a sort of a, a tourist retreat mm -hmm. and because um, it was in these beautiful mountains and it was out of the way. And like they just they built roads up there, I think, specifically for this hotel. Like there were no roads. Mm -hmm. um, and so people from across the country, they managed to advertise it pretty well. And people came. They advertised it as like. You know, come here without your children was no, one of the one yeah. of probably a very large draw, and um, they they advertise it as hay fever free. <laughs> I don't really know how you how, manage that in yeah, the that mountains happened? of North Carolina. I guess the coal like <clears throat> wouldn't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I think either. it was just bullshit. I think it's just yeah. <laughs> marketing crock crap. Right. But, but like you know, come without your ten children sounds probably like heaven to a lot seriously of and i mean if you're if you were going there to heal like who doesn't feel better when they're released <laughs> from the burden of your 10 children but um anyway so they built this place in 1910 and apparently so north carolina goes specifically like that website localized this story as being heard and told at this hotel because it was kind of on a bluff it was like and they would hear echoey noises from around the mountain in the woods. Mm -hmm. So guests would hear these weird, like moanings and howls okay. that were echoing through the woods because of all the, you know, up and down rock outcroppings right. and everything. So it was really loud to them. And I guess to explain it, they started hearing this story about a strange creature in the woods, um, in the balsam mountains that, um, was eight feet tall, covered in shaggy gray hair, I think I've read this story before. Go ahead. Have you really? Yeah, go ahead. Except for a human face. And his name, for some reason, was Boojum. <laughs> Boojum. I feel like you can't say it unless you're going to say it weird. Boojum. But um, so they said that he was he was generally harmless, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but he had, okay, in this story, he had two, quote, all two human habits. Hmm. So one, he was greedy. Um, so he collected um, gems. And in North Carolina, if you're not familiar, like rubies, emeralds, amethysts, sapphires, there's actually a whole lot of native precious stones mm -hmm. to the North Carolina mountains. And if you ever go any place, touristy or touristy, whatever, or even not, I mean, mm -hmm. if you even take any of the roads that go up through the mountains in North Carolina, you can't go 20 miles without seeing like three little gem mining operations. Right. Um, but so that's like a kind of a big thing. So he... Apparently, Boojum would hunt for these gems in the mountains, and he would hoard them, and he would find all these um, hidden caves across the mountainsides. It said he would find empty liquor jugs discarded by tourists. <laughs> I guess, like, I start a jug band. <laughs> I'm starting to think that, like, the tourist trade here was just, like come pretend to be a hillbilly or something like that. It's like you come in and check into the hotel and they give you a giant clay jug full of And they send you out into the wilderness. They send you out to drink it. Cure your hay fever. And then you finish it and you just toss it aside. And two days later, Boojum comes and picks it up. Um, so he would take these jugs that he found discarded by tourists and he would fill them with the gems that he's found across the mountains. And then he would hide them in the caves. Mm -hmm. And for extra protection, he would fill the jugs with, and I could not find a reference to this term outside of this story, pertinent juice. Mm. Which I, they're saying is, is commonly a moonshine term in oh, the area, okay. like a local like I thought you colloquialism like, for moonshine. You peed in them. I know. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is pertinent juice? You're right. And I tried to, like, I'm sitting here like... Because <laughs> that would keep me away. That would really be a spectacular way to, like, protect something, I would right? think. Especially because I'm just assuming that, like, you know, like, Mountain 8P is it's probably pretty pungent, right? Pretty like, pungent. everything about him probably is supposed to be pretty pungent. Right. So, um... But they said that it was commonly known as moonshine. I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't even find, like, 
what it could be a declination of. Like I couldn't find pertinent. I was like pertinent, like per, I couldn't figure out what it would come from. Right. So um, anyway, so they said it was filled with pertinent juice. And one of them said like, be, the reason he did it this way was because no self-respecting mountaineer would dump out on the ground a jug of moonshine. Uh. You'd have to drink it. And so they would drink it. And then by the time they'd gotten to the gyms, they would have drunk themselves stupid. And they'd pass out on the floor of the cave. That's kind of smart. And he could come collect his gems and go. Because again, like I said, they said he was fairly harmless, so he wouldn't like hurt them. You know, he's not going to attack them for it. Right. So the second all too human habit that Boojum has according to these stories, is that he liked to look at pretty girls. Oh, shit. Naked. Uh Of course. In secret. Uh And I was like, that's not an all-too-human habit. That's a dickhead habit. Right? So, Boojum's a dickhead. Yes. Um, (laughs) So... Because it's like young women would sneak out and because, you know, there's all these waterfalls and the North Carolina mountains are really gorgeous. Right. I mean, and if they're like touting the spring. Yeah. And so, stuff, I mean, there was so, tons yeah. of natural creeks and waterfalls and beautiful places. So it said that like young women would go out and, you know, secretly in the in the woods where nobody could see them. And then they would strip down and they would bathe in these waterfalls and springs and everything. And apparently he would hide behind like the rhododendrons and like <laughs> peek. And watch them, watch them, <laughs> watch them bathing. <laughs> oh my God. It's some fucking mountain man up right? there that hadn't shaved in like 40 years. He's just your neighborhood perv, <laughs> He's you guys. just your neighborhood peeping Tom. He's a giant perv. <laughs> but so most young women who would see him would like, of course, they'd like grab their clothes to their busts and they would <laughs> scream and they would run back to town. And then like young men with pitchforks would run off right, and try and, and catch shotguns, right? And no one ever caught him. Mm. Um, until one day. Ooh. <laughs> so there's this girl, a mountain girl named Annie, who decides that she's going to go bathe in a stream in the balsam groves near on Eagle Nest mountain. And she's, you know, washing up and she's all naked in the waterfall. And she turns around and she sees Boojum and he's staring at her, but she doesn't run away. And. (laughs) (laughs) That was fucking Alexa. Because she looks into his sad, oh, ape-like eyes. Oh, <laughs> no. Which are probably, like, covered in dirt and boogers. Like, oh. he's a mountain ape. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm just not even going to go there. But, yeah. Right? He's, he's full of fill. He's going to be, he's going to be pretty sickly. Right. Yeah. He's going to be ripe. Mm-hmm. But she looks into his eyes, mm-hmm. and he's all gross, and he clearly can't take care of himself. And I imagine she just looks, and she goes, she's like, I can fix you. Oh, my God. Exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. <laughs> I could fix you. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> and so this woman leaves her human family, <laughs> and she goes oh to live in the woods <laughs> with a voyeuristic mountain ape. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming that she never wears clothes again. Oh but, my gosh. Um, so it's basically the same old story that, mm-hmm. that goes on from here. And it's funny because I kept on thinking about the Nanny Doss story that I just told because it was like she would marry these guys thinking she had this ultimate thing and then she would find out they're all like cheaters and drunks and gamblers. Mm-hmm. So so is the voyeuristic ape. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> As she, she's like, Don't, <laughs> you're looking at other women? Know, what? Right. It's like I thought. Oh, thought girls. it would be different. You thought can't you'd be different. fix them. You cannot. <laughs> they um. So as much as he loved Annie, he loved his jewels more. I bet he did. He was still a greedy bitch, and he wanted to hunt for jewels. So he would just up and leave for weeks and weeks at a time to go out into the caves and pertin juice on people. <laughs> and then um. And then she'd get lonely because, you know, she left everything for him. No. This ugly, ugly, hairy thing. And then um, she would start hollering. It said that there was like a special cry between a monkey's howl and an owl's hoot that she would make. Oh, God. And you could hear it up at the hotel. 
And that is why they were hearing these weird noises. And they said that's the story that they heard. They were hearing Annie hooting in the woods. And folklorist John Paris said they started saying, I hear hooting Annie. Hootin Annie. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my god that was borderline dead joke oh my god i know i know (laughs) that was so funny and it's so not true because the etymology doesn't work out with that one that is not the origin of hoot nanny just in case you want to know oh well that Uh, was nanny well like um john or pete seeger started saying hoot nanny for a party and like a, a folk musicians party in like the 60s and apparently sometime in like the 1700s, they used it like Dinglehopper or something. It was just a hootenanny was just like a word for an inarticulate thing. You right. Know? But, um, <laughs> but um, oh my God, yes. So it was funny because what it, one, of these, one of these sites said, Annie's approach to encountering a giant shaggy beast was to marry him. This is a testament to the well-known friendliness of North Carolinians. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm like, oh really? Oh my God. So, not true story this is the not true story of where Hootenanny comes from. It's the story of yet another dysfunctional relationship. Oh my God. And a local legend. So, they have, I, I'll put a link. They had actually created a comic of the the funny, stupid story of Boojum and Annie <laughs> on North Carolina Ghost. So, I'll share that with you. There is a Boojum Fest oh in Canton, God. North Carolina. There is a North Carolina brewery. Called Boojum that makes a Hootin' Annie ale. Wow. Um, so it's apparently very locally popular. There was, okay, here's, I decided I wanted to like beef this out a little bit beyond the original story. Mm-hmm. So I just typed in Boojum because I, I was like, with my luck, I'm going to tell this whole damn story and it's going to end up being some old epithet for people. You know, right. I was just like, <laughs> so I was like, I want to make sure that I have some idea where this word came from. Right. Um, and it comes from Lewis Carroll. But um, no. I'll get into that in a second. So Urban Dictionary has this user and his whole his whole username is WNC Boojum. So he did, did he created this just to pro- propagate these stories he's made up. Right. And God bless him. They did like what is an entirely made up history of the real story of who Boojum is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that Boojum at one point was a normal man, that he came to America in 1606 aboard John Smith's boat, which landed in Jamestown, and the crew and John Smith were attacked by natives when they got there, and everybody fled back to the boat except for this guy. And the natives took him in, and he greeted the spirit of nature. Mm. which asked the man to transport valuable gemstones because he was white and he wouldn't get caught. This is the story that they have on here because they were afraid that if they transported the gemstones, they would get in more trouble. Okay. So the man used his nature spirit skills to navigate through the mountains between North Carolina and Tennessee and created the path for many segments of the Appalachian Trail. He left gemstones in various caves across the Baltimore Mountains, finally settled in West North Carolina under the name of Boojum, also found jugs of the sweetest tasting drink in the known world, Pertinin juice, which was actually not moonshine, but the elixir of life, which made him immortal. And the last line of this write-up was, one thing is for sure, the Boojum means no harm and is outspokenly against bigotry. (laughs) So, like, okay... Okay. So if you want to go with that, maybe Boojum is an early 1600s settler of, you know, hey. the country. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so I did that. I searched for that stuff. Oh, so Lewis Carroll originated Boojum in the same world as Jabberwocky in a nonsense poem called um, Hunting the Snark. And that came out in 1876. So, um yeah. So totally the credit him for yeah. Yeah. So the Boojum was it was like something mysterious or far away and strange and possibly dangerous. And there's a tree that's a tall thin cactus in Mexico and California desert that's named after the Lewis Carroll interpretation. Oh, that's weird. called the Boojum tree. There's also an Irish burrito chain because <laughs> they eat burritos in Ireland. And uh, that's one thing that you think about when you go to Ireland is I hey, I, I want, want a burrito. burrito. There's uh, and that's called Boojum. Um, 
And here's the last thing. When I searched it, I found a Bigfoot horror comedy based on the Boojum story. Ah! And it's called Stomping Ground. Okay. And it has really, like... It's really good. Really bad reviews. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking... Really? We're going to be... surprising me. This is a 2014 <laughs> independent film that is free to watch on Amazon Prime. And I'll give you the link for it if you want, because it's also a Thanksgiving movie. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and uh, I watched, like three minutes of it this morning just to kind of get a sense of how it opened. And the only thing I can tell you about it is that it's just another independent movie where they would not know a good Southern accent if it just jumped up and roundhoused them in the head. Does anybody in short, short jean shorts? No, not yet. No, not yet. I think, I think we're going to be a step above shark and saw here, but (laughs) no, no porn stars. I don't, I don't think so, which I think might, I mean, Maybe a step above in quality, question mark. Step below in entertainment, I would say, in that case. Uh, but, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so we could totally watch. You should make that your Thanksgiving yeah. watch, I think. Yeah. I think Have one of these cranberry um, margaritas. And watch, and watch Stomping Ground. Stomping Ground. Legends Ooh. of the Boojum. 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 Harry eight. That's all I've got to say today. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> That was that was crazy. That was perfect. We'll be right back. The Goat House Beer Garden in Montgomery is our favorite place to go when we're in Alabama's capital, whether it's to do a show, to visit a dilapidated movie set, or to flip off the governor's mansion. <laughs> so I was talking to James, and he was telling me that the Goat House highlights local artists, singer-songwriters, makers, chefs, brewers, and entrepreneurs of all types, just like the strange South, mm-hmm. big supporter. They intentionally support only original content because they believe that communities be Again, grow and sustain when creatives and entrepreneurs thrive. It's a great atmosphere, great company, and a lot of fun. And it's less than 10 minutes from Hank Williams' grave, which is haunted. So next time you go to say hi to old Hank, stop by the Goat House Beer Garden. And we're back, and we're having a really hard time putting up these <laughs> Frito-Lays. What are they called? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Golden no, sorry. Golden Flakes, Flakes Tangy Birmingham. Pickled Barbecue from Birmingham, Alabama. Oh my goodness. Golden Flake makes good pickle barbecue chips. Yes. So good. And we're like, we just keep like cussing and then eating more. (laughs) We're like, God damn it, take this away from me. (laughs) So good. All right. So I want to start off by reading the CNN news article that was brought to our attention from our friend Jen on our Facebook group. It's basically a Florida dog put a car into reverse and drove it in circles for nearly an hour. I saw that one. So it says, basically, Anne Sibol's cul-de-sac in Port St. Lucia. Is that how you say that? Port St. Lucie? Lucie. Yeah. Yeah. Lucie, Florida is uh, fairly quiet. Well, it was until a dog hopped in its owner's running car, kicked it in reverse, and drove in circles for an hour and <laughs> smashed a neighbor's mailbox before safely exiting the vehicle without so much as a scratch. Aww. But Sabol didn't know who was behind the wheel when she first spotted the car whirling around the block like an inept student driver might. <laughs> At first I thought I saw somebody backing up, and then it kept going, and I'm like, okay, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, and who's driving the car? But a black Labrador Retriever, either terribly frightened or joyfully free, was driving the car. Um, then the cops came, and then the fire department came, and authorities watched from a distance as the driving dog did donuts. Finally, the vehicle hit a mailbox and some garbage cans and slowed down enough so that they could open up the door, and the black lab just came out of the car like, do, 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 do. and they're like, well, this was just turned weird. So thank you, Florida, for totally once again entertaining us. He was, it's like he was sitting in there like, oh, my God, thank you. I've had to pee for like the last. That's 20 minutes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so funny. So that was kind of appropriate <laughs> for uh, everything that I'm going to talk about today. At like you, when we do something that's a little bit of a downer and we're talking about how shitty people are, <laughs> it's like we have to cleanse the palate. Yeah. And so I'm cleansing the palate 
with dogs today. Awesome. So I, I found these three different stories all about dogs um, from this book that I got at uh, Second and Charles. Uh-huh. And it's called The Granny Curse. And it's basically ghosts and legends from East Tennessee. So it's a Ooh. very specific region of Tennessee where these legends came from. And I did some searching on the internet trying to find like some backup. And I, I, I couldn't find any. Or either I just like really, really suck. Or uh-huh. they're not like really out there for you to grab. Mm-hmm. So not a whole lot of people have talked about these stories. So the first story I'm going to talk about is called The Legend of Sticky Dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I know I was just singing Smelly Cat in my hands. Sticky right? Dog, sticky dog. <laughs> so there is a, a legend uh, about Sticky Dog um, and it's basically, it's this dog that, you know, at first appears friendly and sometimes lonely. And they say that Sticky Dog is anything but. Oh. So the dog prefers to live just outside of town in remote locations. And uh, when people come in to settle in the Appalachian region and stuff, they would tell their children about the story about Sticky Dog. And they said that children who lived further from town were more at risk of coming across the seemingly friendly dog. Also, hikers on the Appalachian Trail have spotted Sticky Dog near water or, huh? Oh, Sticky. Not, not, not Stinky. Not Stinky. Oh. Sorry. Sticky. Sticky. So they, they spotted him, like, near water at the top of a sheer cliff um, or, like, at a deep pool somewhere. But Sticky Dog actually was not a dog. He was an ancient monster that traveled with people who came over from, like, um, Ireland or Scotland and and England, you know, from European countries. And he was tempting children to pet him. Okay. All right. And so he would pose as any kind of, or pose as any kind of dog. You know, it could be a large dog, small dog, but it, it's basically a dog that lived on the outskirts of town. And he would, like you said, he would seem friendly, but parents told their children, stay away from Sticky Dog, because you don't know what dog is actually Sticky Dog. So stay away from all dogs, because mm. he's a wicked beast. So once you pet Sticky Dog, even if he seems friendly, even with the lightest touch, your hand sticks to the dog. What? And as soon as your hand sticks to the dog, the dog gets so scared that it starts running towards water. Mm-hmm. And you're, you cannot get your, once you've touched Sticky Dog, you cannot get your hand released from the dog. And the only way that your hand comes off is after the dog, who is an excellent swimmer, dives into the water and drowns the child. And oh. then once you're dead, your hand will be released from Sticky Dog. Damn! Oh, dark. So, that yeah. went in a direction it, I did not expect. Yeah, no. So, um, this is, you know, what parents would tell their children. And this tell, you know, saying if one person touches Sticky Dog and they take off, or if everybody, if you think you're in a group of children with Sticky Dog and you think you're going to be protected because you're in a group of children, uh, just know that Sticky Dog has been seen with like six or seven children stuck to it and would run through the woods and the parents never saw those children again. So that's kind of like the, like a chain of children flying by with the dog. So that's the legend of Sticky Dog. That's and not a palate cleanser, <laughs> it, but it, it is. It, it is, is. It is because this is more of a cautionary tale. It is because don't when pet strange dogs. You don't pet strange dogs because back in you know settling times, uh, and even like before the turn of the century. Uh, parents had to tell the children it's like you cannot play with stray dogs because rabies is a hundred percent fatal and oh. there was no cure for rabies <clears throat> and um so this was like the story that they came up to terrify children is like you know you don't know which dog is sticky dog and if you pet a dog that thinks that you think is friendly uh then you know it could not be friendly. They just, you know, stay away from any kind of wild animal kind of deal. And if you're living in, you know, the mountains or, you know, out in the wilderness and stuff, there are stray dogs all oh, yeah. over the place, especially, you know, around settlements and whatnot looking for handouts. 
So this was a story that they would tell because rabies is 100% fatal. Rabies is a deadly virus that spreads to people from the saliva of infected animals. And this is from the Mayo Clinic. So it continues to be 100% fatal. Yes. Um, Rabies virus is usually transmitted through a bite. Almost, uh, it says animals most likely transmit rabies in the United States, or the animals that transmit rabies in the United States include bats, coyotes, foxes, raccoons, skunks. And um, they say, however, like in developing countries like Africa and Southeast Asia, stray dogs are the most likely ones to spread rabies to people. And they need to be talking about sticky dogs over there. Um, It says, once a person begins to show signs and symptoms of rabies, the disease nearly always causes death. Wow. So the fact that if you get bit um, back in the day, they had no way until you actually had showing symptoms to know whether or not you had rabies. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a, you know, warning, just don't, don't even go there. Mm -hmm. Don't touch them. Uh, So like fever, fever, headache, nausea, vomiting, agitation. So like just really, really getting sick. Um, And obviously like nowadays you can get bitten and get rabies and they go to say like, if you're bitten or exposed that you even suspect mm-hmm. has rabies, you go see. Because there's a vaccination um, that was uh, created by a French scientist like in 1885. So it wasn't until 1885 um, that we had a vaccination, but it was over in France. And I don't know how long it took before it came over to the U.S. So mm-hmm. it still was... Uh, a ways before, you know, we actually got it and um, successfully treated. So if you think, you know, you got bit and, and there's like, they were even talking about bats, how bats can bite you while you sleep and yeah. you not even know it. Um, so, you know, you just have to be mindful of those things. Are the rabies shots still, it used to be, it was a series of shots you had to take straight into your stomach. Is that still how they do it? Did you see that? I did not, I don't know if that's still the thing or not. Um, I'll have to look that up. That was see. enough to stop me from touching stray dogs when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. When they told me that I was going to have to get rabies shots in my stomach, I was like, right. um, no. Or that like most raccoons carry rabies kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like you don't even stare. Yeah, I was like, I don't I don't need a sticky raccoon. No. I just no need sticky a specter of shots so, yeah. in my stomach. So kind of like a PSA here is mm-hmm. like if you get bit by a, anything that could possibly have rabies, you go ahead and get a shot because it's better to be you know, overly cautious than dead. Cause it's they, a, Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean to no. interrupt you. Yeah. Because they also say like, if you can catch the thing that bit you, right. So they can then test you it. You can bring it in, but they have to kill it to test it. Mm-hmm. You can't test for rabies, like through a blood work. They have to cut off its head. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you can catch it, right. then they can kill it and determine for sure whether it has rabies and whether you need to get a bunch of shots in your stomach or not. Right. That so, may not even be true. I should look that up. Right. So, yeah. So we'll post some links to, like, what to do if you think you have rabies. So you get it within 10 days. Within 10 days. Seek treatment within 10 days. If you wait till symptoms, it's been over a month, most likely. Oh, right. Okay. Symptoms don't come in for over a month, and then you die. Right. So, yeah. So... Be cautious, but you know, early, early sellers. This is you know they had to make up a really fucking scary story for their kids, and that's where Sticky Dog came about. Did oh go ahead. No, um, I was going to say it was funny when you mentioned the brewery uh-huh. because I was looking for other stories of Sticky Dog, and there's actually um, yeah, there's a Nana Tehala, uh brewery that has a Sticky Dog. Um, lager or something no way right and it's the only reference and, and they like they're talking about the local folklore because uh-huh. it's in that area of tennessee that's funny um where they talk about sticky dogs so apparently it's something that parents you know, have told their kids you know f- for a few generations that people still know about i should start us a little like craft brew like reference list for whenever we go to places like this and we can try these i know and also um because the two other stories that i'm about to tell about ghost dogs I would totally do a paranormal ghost dog adventure. (laughs) That's something I could totally get behind. (laughs) But let me tell you about these ghost dogs. So in the same area, there's a story called Long Dog. Long Dog. Long Dog. And this dog ghost can be found around State Route uh, 346 between Sir Goinsville and Story Point, Tennessee. 
So it's like this stretch of highway. So if you go, if you're on this road and you get a flat um, one day, you might have a spectral white dog jump up on your car and check you out and check whoever you're with out and just very friendly, won't touch you or growl or make any noise whatsoever, but he'll come and he'll check you out. And then once he looks at you and he decides that you're not who he's looking for, he will go on about his business and disappear. So this has happened, um, a lot uh, on this stretch of road and it's because this dog is looking for her owners and if you go to um sir Gowen, Gowensville, then you uh you know and you tell like you've had this happen to you uh, on the road and you tell the people there um or you ask the people about it it's like they totally know what you're talking about because this has been going on for like 170 years oh wow so the origin and they know a lot of the people know the origin of the long dog ghost story so it all starts um like around 1820s when a thief and murderer named john merrill merrill terrorized people on this roadway he was also known as the great western land pirate so you remember talking about like the natchez trace Mm -hmm. and how people would like you know bandits and Mm -hmm. stuff would rob and murder people traveling on these like main roads it was kind of the same thing um except a little bit up north um northeast tennessee so it was said that uh, Meryl was born and raised in a brothel and his mom was like a madam and didn't know who his daddy was. And while she would have her Johns, he was, you know, started his life of crime by stealing from the Johns. So uh, and that's pretty much the story that comes from the book. Well, John Meryl Merrill is actually a real person mm. and they have like more background about him. So that was kind of like the made up versions. Of course, you know, all bad people come from <laughs> sex workers, mm. you know, in the eyes of <clears throat> lots of people. Um, Cause God forbid they came from good people. Right. Um, so he actually was born to, let's see, Jeffrey Merle and Zelpha Andrews and was like the third of eight children. Uh, there in Tennessee. So when he was younger, he didn't live in a brothel, didn't start a crime in a brothel, but he did start stealing horses and he was actually convicted of stealing horses and was branded at the base of his thumb with an HT for horse thief and then flogged and sentenced to six years in prison. And then when he was released, um, he carried on for a bit and was convicted a second time uh, for stealing slaves or enslaved people. And so, you know, he just, he was just a thug. He just, you know, couldn't lead the right path. I don't know. But so he murdered and he stole and he was not a good person and they couldn't nail these murders on them because um, when he was, you know, when he started out just stealing horses, he met this guy named Harry Crenshaw, who was a retired sea pilot. And so it, it started like the thief, thieving escalated to murder. And what they would do is they would travel these highways and they would rob people and then they would take them and gut them and put stones in their bellies and then put them in a lake and like so that they would be weighted down at the bottom of the lake. Oh my god. So think about that when you're on vacation and you're swimming <laughs> in these beautiful oh lakes god, no. and streams of all the dead people that were murdered <laughs> that are like right below your feet. I'm just saying. I don't know if you'll think of that. I will be thinking oh of that. Oh my god. But so he it escalated Ew. from this robbery murder thing that would happen. And they even like went on the Natchez Trace and he's like from Nashville to New Orleans. They would travel up and down robbing and murdering people and all that fun stuff. <laughs> well, when they came back up to Tennessee, uh, they came across a family with a dog. And, of course, they robbed and murdered the family, but they didn't realize that they had a dog until after they'd already killed the family. And the dog, uh, you know, was kind of aloof. He he came back and was aloof. Um, Didn't come up to them, obviously, because, you know, he was wondering where his people went. And so uh, John saw the dog. He was like, oh, great. We'll we'll have a dog to kind of keep us company and stuff. So he tried to call him over, and the dog um, bit him. 
Mm-hmm. Well, of course, at this time, rabies is still a thing. And uh, they believed that if you get got bit by an animal and you didn't get rabies, that you could in the future get rabies if that animal that bit you ever got rabies in the future. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. So it was a serious <laughs> belief that they thought about. So basically it's like any dog or anything that bit you had to die. They thought that the only way that to not get rabies if you didn't get rabies in that instance was to go ahead and kill them. Wow. So um, so they killed the white dog that was with them, uh, the family there. And um, they, did, he, they didn't, like, throw him in the pond. They took him um, and, uh, you know, just threw him off into the woods. And then they went and dealt with the family. So shortly after that, um, people started seeing a long white dog when they traveled along and, and they were at this time on wagons. So they the dog would actually like travel with them. And then once they stopped, it would hop onto the wagon and look at everybody to see if it was their owner. And then of course, not finding their owner because their owners were murdered. Its owner was Aww. murdered. It was like, so it's just this lonely dog wondering, but he's very sweet, very nice. And people have reported seeing him, um, on the stretch and, Aww. That is the tale of the long dog. You know what's funny? When you say long dog, it's like you talk about ghost dog, and all I picture is like a German shepherd-sized, pointy-eared white dog. Like, But then you say long dog, and I was like, maybe he's a dachshund. Me too. You never have ghost dachshunds. <laughs> Like you would have a hard dachshunds. time jumping up on the roof of that's, the car, though, right? <laughs> Be like, what's that scratching sound? <laughs> it's his little look. back legs trying to catch up. <laughs> right. It's a long shepherd. Yeah, and and yeah, long. <laughs> and I don't a know long German shepherd shaped like a weenie dog. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like a long dog because like it's ghostly and so it's stretched out a little bit. Like, or is it long like? long face like sad could, oh you know what maybe it's a sad dog it could be sad it sounds like a super sad dog it does sound like a super sad dog <clears throat> my goodness okay so my last story here is a little bit it's not as sad and um supposedly is going on i think long dog i don't know if anybody has like again seen him recently along that stretch because I have not been able to find much about him. Although I found a story about Long Dog in um, Jeffrey and the Thirteenth oh. Ghost. Oh yay! Yeah. yeah. So she has slight different variation of the story there about Long Dog. Um, so the last dog I'm going to talk about is the dog that's always wet. <laughs> and smelly dog yes all of these sticky dogs smelly dog wet dog <laughs> so um in greenville tennessee and near the uh to college there is a there's been sightings of a wet dog ghost <laughs> And this area, this area, and I tell you, I tell you why they're specifically like wet dog. Um, it's quite historic. Uh, it was actually the home of Andrew Johnson, who was the president after Lincoln was shot. So it has like numerous large houses, and it's these homes where the dog uh, that's always wet kind of makes himself at home. And there's one story that was written down. This is where I'm going to read from the book. Let me put my reading glasses on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So because this was actually recorded back in the 60s. Bum, bum, bum. Wrong page. Do, do, do. By this Folklore Society Bulletin in 1963, the story was recorded. Um, and the... The wife that told the story, of course, didn't want her last name taken down. Um, but she said her and her husband moved to the area because he had gotten a job at a local manufacturer plant. And they rented this really big house near the college. Folks told them that the house was haunted. Myrtle, which is her name, Myrtle said. And, and she said, well, I never held with no ghost stories and the fancy tales about the house didn't bother me none. So me and Jim moved in. 
That's what Myrtle said. So on, the only odd thing Myrtle initially noticed was um, on the stairs, it seemed to her that whenever she went up or down the stairs, somebody was right behind her. But when she turned around, no one was really there. It was just a feeling, she said. She couldn't see anything. She said, and then I forgot about this part. Then the cat appeared. <laughs> it's like uh, it liked sleeping in the bed she shared with James. One night I woke up and a black cat was on the bed with me. What? The cat nuzzled her and purred mightily. Myrtle remembered thinking that it was the friendliest cat she ever had. And then she woke up. She woke up a little bit more and thought, God, we ain't got no cat. <laughs> She's like, I screamed and said, and that cat faded into air. Uh, it never came back, but the dog did. And the dog is the one that was always wet. Ew. So one of the children came in and told Myrtle that there was a man and a dog in the bathtub. Oh. What? Right in broad daylight, <laughs> Myrtle said. The water was running because one of the children was going to take a bath. Before the child could climb in, the man and the dog appeared. <laughs> they stood in the bathtub. The dog was already wet as if he'd been swimming. By the time James could come see, uh, there was no one in there. He turned off the water. The little girl was too frightened to take a bath, so Myrtle knew something was going on. As best the little girl could describe it, it was determined the dog was a red-haired dog, probably a golden retriever. Myrtle's husband wasn't so sure there was a dog or any other ghost, for that matter, to begin with. But James was soon convinced. He had worked a long week and was asleep on the couch in the living room that Sunday when the rest of the family had gone to church. He heard somebody in the front, somebody at the front door, and he sat up. He said a man walked in wearing old-fashioned clothes, a scissored tail coat, and a stovepipe hat. Wow. He walked right in, didn't say anything to Jim. The well-dressed man walked through the room towards the back of the house, and James followed. The man walked to the bathroom, Myrtle reported. He walked straight to the bathroom, stepped into the bathtub, and disappeared. What? They've got like a fucking bathtub portal. Bathtub portal! Um, let's see. He was looking for his dog and the dog, the dog that was always wet. The dog had been seen in other homes as well, but he has never been outside the bathtub. He's appeared with a human companion at times. Other times, the dog is alone. Uh, those who are familiar with the dog appearances believe he is the ghost of a dog that used to hunt in the area, um, a retriever fond of water. The golden retriever will jump in a creek after anything and is a good swimmer as they come. Because the entire area was his to roam when the dog was alive, the ghost isn't tied to one house. Uh, there's more than one bed and breakfast in the Greenville area, especially on the east side towards the college. Um, and they're created from big old handsome houses. So visitors doing well not to leave the bathtub running while they stepped outside the room to undress to retrieve articles from their suitcases. Because, like, if you come back, you may have a dog or a man standing in your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, so <laughs> we just um, had a bit of a technical snafu wrapping up that dog story. <laughs> <laughs> we both looked up and Patrice is like, oh, shit. I'm like, what? She's like, it's not recorded. <sighs> I thought we had like lost my entire story. I was like, I don't know if I have the energy to do it again. <laughs> but well, thankfully, to wrap it up, um, we were talking about, you know, the three dog stories from East Tennessee is totally like the road trip we would take mm -hmm. if we were going to go ghost hunting or whatnot. Because I could deal with a dog standing in my bathtub. Even uh, a wet dog. Even a wet dog. Maybe not the man. Maybe like he needs to just go somewhere else. <laughs> go hide out, you know, go with the, what was his name? I call him Baklava. That's not it. <laughs> Who's your hairy ape dude? Oh, Boojum. 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 Go hang out with <laughs> Boojum in the wilderness. Definitely. Boojum. But, you know, when I was looking, when I was trying to find some references, like online, like I was saying earlier, that you didn't hear me because I talked a little bit after we lost 
communication here. Um, I did find like a reference to black dogs and like the lore of black dogs and seeing mm-hmm. black dogs and whatnot, which I didn't want to get into because these are, while well, some are kind of sad uh, and weird and cautionary, it's just something i mean they're dogs they're puppy dogs you gotta love the dogs gotta love the dogs and we have rabies vaccines so you know don't go petting like maybe the cujo looking dogs (laughs) but you know everything else is fine so don't go pet strange dogs be prepared to see what dog pop up in your bath Mm -hmm. in greenville tennessee (laughs) puppies puppies but definitely, definitely road trip worthy and trying out some of these beers too that we've yes. talked about. Yes. The craft breweries. Beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I got for this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday or whatever. <laughs> Stay sane. Bye. 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 Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. All our social media links are there. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast. And if you love us so much that you want to support what we do and get bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes photos and videos, please consider joining our Patreon, Patreon, Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thestrangesouth. And she sees Boojum, and he's staring at her, but she doesn't run away. And... (laughs) 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 That was fucking Alexa.